Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Letha. And today we're talking about episode seven, All Valley. Dun, dun, dun. Before we launch into this week's episode synopsis, we're introducing a new feature on this podcast called Mailbag. And the reason that we're able to do that is because... We got mail! We got mail! We got our very first email from a listener. I know! Um... So, Dana, if you're out there listening to another episode of Cobra Kai, thank you for enabling us to have this feature in yeah, the first you, place. You are the reason we have a mailbag section of our podcast. Yes, which, you know, might not last mo- longer than this <laughs> exact episode. Are we going to be writing emails to ourselves we for might. the rest of this podcast? I mean, yeah, just to keep up the excitement that oh, we man. felt opening this lovely email. where Very thoughtful. Dana wrote in responding to something that we said in our previous episode um, where we were talking about how Miyagi's gravestone refers to him as a husband and a father, but you never actually meet his children. Um, And we had this long discussion about a possible spinoff where Miyagi's son, the true heir to Miyagi-Do, comes back. But as Dana pointed out, in the original movie, which I honestly did not remember this part, but uh, Pat Morita does talk about how uh, he had a a wife and he had a newborn son and they both died in um, one of the internment camps during World War II. Which makes us feel really awful. Yeah. (laughs) The mockery. I know. I, I, know. I, I actually we reserve a lot feel of mockery for Daniel, and we're usually justified in that, but Pat Morita... Pat, Pat Morita, yeah, and man. And Miyagi, Miyagi. I, I don't have a bad thing to say about yeah. Miyagi. Um, except that I think that sometimes Daniel, like, imparts his lessons in, yeah, like, he, the goofiest he, way possible. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we actually got a, a YouTube comment also mentioning that so Miyagi's family... I prefer Thank you, John, kind of, for also pointing that yeah, out. our um, outlandish theories about, you know... Maybe Miyagi has other children that he doesn't know about. What kind of aspersions are you casting on Miyagi I'm now? I'm saying maybe Miyagi got around. My God. What? Listeners, listeners, she stands alone on this. Oh, I know that. Now you're defending Miyagi's honor. Yeah, Miyagi okay, would Okay, shall that. we go back to the last episode? Well, I, I wasn't mocking his gravestone. I was mocking the autumnal setting of his California graveyard. That makes no sense. Anyway, um, so we we have also, um, uh, Dana also pointed out that we are rather Daniel negative on this podcast. And you know what? This is true. We definitely give Daniel a hard time. I, I, I can't repeat that. I know, that. and I don't even, okay, can I blame it on the show's producers? They call the show Cobra Kai, and they do have a perspective, but I do feel... It's true. They're they are trying to... It's going to get a little bit more ma- balanced, I think. The show, I mean. Hmm. Whether we remain balanced? Uh, uh, we'll see. But yeah, we'll try. I, I actually credit uh, Ralph Macchio for taking this character and actually doing stuff that makes him look like a douchebag. And also... Like, which, makes say, me, which makes me feel good about Ralph Macchio. I am Macchio. an unabashed fan of Ralph Macchio. The actor. Yeah. The character of Daniel, um, I think he... I think I loved him most in the original set of Karate Kid movies. This show is not showing him in the best light. Well, I mean, yeah, and definitely I, I, I too was in love with the young Ralph Macchio. Who wasn't? Um, I mean... Oh, God, yeah, in the 80s. He's... Uh, the thing is, I like him as an actor a lot just because he isn't, like, afraid to poke holes in his own character. And oh, yeah. also... There is an unfairness in the comparison between Johnny Lawrence and and Daniel because 
it's so much more fun to play like the bad Santa type guy who's like getting drunk and, and like tutoring his students. It's a little harder to make like the the wholesome young citizen yeah. as, as fun a character, you know. And yeah. I think Daniel does or Ralph Macchio does the best he can with it, and it's he has fun with it. Yeah. Um, all of that said, thank you, thank you for the email, and yeah, hopefully we can do this listening. feature one more week. Um, so please, if you guys have any questions or comments or accusations or yeah, praise accusations. to hurl, um, we would We're love to hear it. We're here for all of it. And also, we will be, as we've mentioned, reviewing um, the original Karate Kid movies um, at some point. After so. we wrap up this season, <laughs> before doing season two. Yeah, covering some of the gaps in our Karate Kid knowledge. Seriously. Which there are many. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I felt I felt a little embarrassed that I didn't remember that from the first film, which was like my, my Bible as a I kid. I know. Um, we got, yeah, so we got to revisit. Shame. Now, on to uh, All Valley. And... All Valley, yes. Okay, so the IMDb synopsis for this week is when Johnny learns Cobra Kai is banned from the All-Valley Tournament, he faces the city council. Miguel asks Samantha out. Robbie takes lessons from Daniel, just as his buddies plot a heist from LaRusso Auto. Yes, it's Ocean's 12 in <laughs> Robbie's world. <laughs> a heist! Can it even really be called a heist so, if you just get a code and you're stealing some rims or whatever they, they were planning on stealing rims and stereo parts um it's a little just to, to recap robbie's two uh thug buddies who look like they are in their 40s now they're in their 50s yeah easily. it's just uh it's interesting just to see them all at a table and like He's, robbie's like 16 I, I just how do they meet what's going on do they meet in juvie like these guys are long beyond juvie. I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah. They both look like For they're 47, sure. but they're wearing, like, flannel shirts like all the kids do, he apparently. He to get new friends. I, de- I genuinely Age felt bad Age appropriate friends. Yeah. I know. I think something must have gone horribly wrong that he's... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why are you hanging out with these near senior citizens? Can I ask a question? Do you think Robbie is still going to high school? No. Or no? No, okay. he's not going to high school. He okay. is... Full-time interning at LaRusso Auto, slash getting involved with capers with his age-inappropriate friends, who want him to help them steal stuff from LaRusso Auto. Robbie's like, now that Robbie is no longer a scoundrel and is a good kid learning karate. you notice that he officially has a shirt with his name on it? He does. I think that was a big turning point for him. Yeah, I didn't realize this, but at the end of the last episode, we noted that um, he watches his father, Johnny, give a gi to Miguel... Was that in the last episode? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. I think. I think the drive to get a shirt with his name on it is, it's like his gi. I mean, the lamer version That's of the That's the saddest gi, thing I've ever heard. But it's a LaRusa Audit shirt with his name on it. I've never felt sorry for Robbie than I, I do at this moment. Wow. I know. I um, mean, he earned that auto shirt because, you know, Daniel in this episode is having him do, Daniel in this episode is Miyagiing him. Having him, like, do, like, the wax on, wax off thing with cars and, like, wash the windows in a particular and way. And also very, like, also some auto dealership specific moves, including stapling contracts together. Mm-hmm. But in, <laughs> like, a really... What do you think is that? Right. It's like when you push your opponent's head to the floor, just it's like the head a of a stapler. Of a yeah. Think? So you, you see that. Fun. It's pretty fun. It's a pretty good montage. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it's fun to see, uh, like, that, uh, like, this really... Good and obviously blatant callback to the first movie. Um, and then, of course, like, Robbie's like, what the hell, I'm just doing chores. But then you see him actually practicing with Daniel. And, oh, my God, that stapler technique is really coming in handy. I know. One thing, I noted it in my notes for this episode. 
his hair's long. He really should wear a headband when he does karate. Like, it just, it's gotta be getting in his eyes. Yeah. But, I mean... Safety how first. Long, so how long do you think it's been since he started taking uh, karate lessons with Daniel? Like a week. Like a week, right? Like two okay. weeks. Which, uh... I, I don't know if you, we want to get into this, but, um... Let's get into it. Okay. I was gonna say... I don't know what we're getting into, but let's get into it. <laughs> so just... I assume everyone's watched this episode, but he essentially, um, at the point when he's supposed to turn over the code to the LaRusso auto dealership to his buddies. His thug buddies. His thug buddies. Um, he takes a stance for Daniel, for Miyagi, for his honor. That's right. And he refuses to give the code, and then he gets into it with his buddies. He busts out some karate moves. And he's that... way better at karate than he has any right to be. Yeah, I mean, Miguel lessons. was getting his ass handed to him after, like, a few weeks and of karate you know lessons. And Tyler can't fight. I right. Mean, come on now. Whereas, like, these 47-year-olds have learned yeah. some moves I, I was on like, the okay, in a, um, yeah, they would have They would have had a knife, and they would have stabbed Robbie to death. I'm just saying, right. the streets I, of Encino are not kind to people like Robbie. Right. I, I was just kind of like, no, this this is too fast. I will give the scene credit for that at the end, they do overpower him, but Robbie has, I think, entrapped them in a cunning plot because now he's in direct view of the security camera, and so are his former buddies. Yeah. And so they dash off into the night, um, and Robbie proves that he, he is no longer a bad seed. He is a good seed. Speaking of seeds and plants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the planting metaphors are just haywire in this episode. I, Yeah. Now what you gotta do is close your eyes, get everything out of your head. The only thing you can see is the tree. Think only the tree. Then you visualize what you want that tree to look like and you make it happen. That's it. There you go. So this is obviously some kind of metaphor. Trees like my feelings or something. Well, you are the tree, Robbie. You got strong roots. You know who you are, right? So now all you got to do is visualize what you want your future to look like. And then you make it happen. I think that uh, Robbie spots uh, the obvious metaphor of Bond's eyes and how they relate to him pretty quickly. So does actually Daniel's wife, to be honest. Oh, wow. You're letting him touch her precious Bond's eyes. It's like third base for you, babe. Um, w- would you say, when you hear the word, or the phrase trimming Bond's eyes, what do you... What do you... God, Nina. I, I'm just wondering. What the hell? <laughs> this is a family show, and I, I feel like you've just okay. turned it into something sordid. I will also, getting away from that rather gross metaphor, I'm not saying it is gross. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm not saying it means anything. God, I've really dug myself. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, Amanda, his wife, also alludes to um, Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees, which is one of like Daniel's past businesses right wasn't that from the third movie when they opened the bonsai store yeah no 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 no. that danny was still a kid then though oh yeah so this must have been while he was married to amanda they must have opened a bonsai store 
I feel like that's what they're alluding to. Wow. I hope showrunners. I I immediately thought, like, how many failed businesses does Daniel LaRusso have? Showrunners, if you can, like, and you do, like, a prequel to Cobra Kai. Apparently they just had a QA, and a because I follow them on Twitter. They they had a QA and a at Comic-Con, um, which I haven't seen yet. But I'm hoping, I hope for a lot of things. I'm hoping that somebody asks a question about Anthony LaRusso. I'm hoping that someone asks about... Um, <laughs> Yeah, how is Daniel's business model holding up? <laughs> He's doing quite well for yeah. himself, thanks. Yep. Still rich. Still um, rich. Little trees did not bankrupt them at all. Um, anyways, I think we've exhausted all bonsai talk and all bonsai metaphors. Yes, but have we exhausted Robbie's plot line? Oh. Um, well, that's all that happens to him this week. Um that's true. He's clearly growing closer to Daniel and obviously like seeing him as a father figure as a parallel of course to our other pseudo father son couple in this show. Uh we are talking of course Pat Miguel and Johnny Lawrence um who both have their own plot lines this week. Yes. Um so at Cobra Kai uh we now have it's still a full dojo. Um I gotta say, Hawk is extremely Hawk. He has a Hawk tattoo now on his back. But don't tell his parents, because they'll kill him for it. Yeah, but, so uh, he's still got some, like, tender side. He's yeah, still he, got, he's still, like, like, a little nerdy, but he's got a Hawk tattoo. 14 hours like. in the chair. And, um, also, I just want to mention this, because I thought it was fun. Uh, when Johnny's doing his Johnny thing and, like, you know, uh, correcting his students' stances and making him flinch and things like that, he realizes that all of them are still, like, uh, they're a little afraid, you know, because they're a bunch of, like, uh, former losers, and they're still afraid to get hit, which I get. That's a common yeah. fear, especially if you're kind of, a. it's not uh, just getting hit. He said, none of you have taken a punch. None of face. you have taken a punch. And so he actually lines them all up and has uh, Aisha, Miss Robinson, as he calls her, punch each of them in the face. I gotta say, that look in Aisha's face when she's about to punch that kid in the front row is chilling. She clearly relishes. I her disagree. New I disagree oh completely. God. She clearly doesn't want to do it. She's clearly hesitant about it. No, no, you're, I don't. You're that. misreading her face. I know her face like the Let's, back of my hand. Do you? That was weird. <laughs> that um, is extremely weird. Listeners, please write in. I say Aisha, out of anyone else in the show, out of the full um, full dojo at Cobra Kai. I think she has the potential to be kind of the most lethal and the most kind of unrepentant. Old school Cobra Kai, which is no mercy. She embodies no mercy. I absolutely me. disagree. Yeah, I, she has a glint in her eye. She does not have a glint in her eye. Of all of the bullied kids, I think she's the one who's not going to be able. To, I think that Halloween dance incident changed her forever. Oh my god, this this Darth yeah. Aisha theory. No, okay. Know. I like. Let me listeners write in and say what you think about this because I I'm honestly a, think you know what we're she, gonna have a Twitter poll about this she's basically a good soldier she does not want to punch these kids in the face but she will and I think also I noticed that when Johnny asked people to raise their hand if they've ever been punched in the face most of the class raises their hand notice that she did not raise her hand so I think that I, I think that like she's actually I don't know I think she sees the value in this in like and I oh, actually she definitely sees the value but she, she doesn't want to do it she's not bloodthirsty I'm gonna say that I actually think it's an exercise and uh, now you're gonna pay punch me. yourself in the face yeah, punch yourself in the face but no I'm serious like I kind of understand in the twisted like logic of Cobra Kai like 
you're not going to be, you're going to be really afraid of being hit until it happens, right? So it's almost like something that you need to get over with. So I get Lata, what he's trying to do with this For those lesson. who can't see, Lata is clenching her fist right now and leaning towards me menacingly. Oh my god. And if you happen to hear me go down in this episode, well, you know, it was the natural outgrowth of this podcast. You'll thank me for it later. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So... Johnny's big plot line is actually that uh, he wants to enter his dojo into the All-Valley Tournament. Which, mark your calendars, is May 19th. Um, Woo! of next year. He calls him up, and he tries to enter him, but it turns out that All-Valley has, uh, the tournament has actually banned Cobra Kai. Um, And so he decides that he's going to, like, go down there and kick their asses, but Miguel, voice of reason Miguel, is like, well... Maybe you should not kick their asses. Maybe yeah. you should be smart about it. So I, I thought that was cool just because, like, you know, Miguel is sort of senseying Johnny this week just as yeah. much as he is being senseyed. Yeah. For he basically is just like, don't, like, don't take no for an answer, but also, like, be smart about what you do. So you have Johnny going down there with a fake briefcase that has nothing in it. Um, I love that. Right? That he found in the trash. Yeah, it's a nice touch. He's doing this anger management thing that Miguel basically taught him, which is when you want to punch somebody, just clench your fist and don't punch them. Do you think and that's useful? I think I will use that in my own I life I think if someone saw you just clenching and unclenching your fists, it would also be kind of suspicious. I'm doing that like... right now. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And it's... I, I think that it really does does uh, help him like with what he does because he comes down and first of all, can I say that I love the All Valley Committee because I think oh this is another thing I love about this show that they really understand exactly like what the All Valley Committee is, which is like five like bored people in a room with like squeaky linoleum who are arguing over whether yeah, the math like, should be red or blue. It's probably in the back of the high school, right? And- it, and it meets once a year. It meets once a year, and they need to get out of there by 8, because that's when the AA meeting takes over the room, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> of course. Yes, that is the All-Valley I feel bad for Johnny, because as soon as he steps in the room, they're like, they, they peg him for someone at the AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that, uh, so first he's like, you you ban my dojo. And they're honestly like, we have the power to do that? I didn't realize that. Like, yeah. you know, they're they're just like, well, at this point, they're just four kind of like, uninvested people and then Daniel fifth member of the committee strolls in perhaps I don't know the heavyweight he's like a conquering hero he's like oh yeah remember the 1981 all valley that I won and he comes back every year and he's never missed a meeting and he's clearly the only member of the committee who's like really zealous about this the rest are just like how about blue mats um oh yeah and like they they like basically think that Johnny is there to complain about the bad corn dogs they had last year. Oh, it's like, corn dogs, they know yeah. what this event is. <laughs> um, it's only like, it's really only Daniel and Johnny who like consider it like this kind of like lifetime brawl that will never wow. end. Um, but then uh, Johnny, Johnny gives a good speech defending himself when uh, Daniel brings up the fact that Cobra Kai has been banned for life because of the, what, the unethical acts of John Kreese. Juan Carey Silver. Yeah. God. Former, uh, former dojo heads, dojo senseis, if you will recall. They'll also be an early karate crush for me. <laughs> My love Carrie for Silver, Carrie Silver. A. I am going on was, record. Was it the ponytail? It. I think so. It was mostly the ponytail. <laughs> It may have started my thing for guys with ponytails. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. We're going to strike this from the... We, we're going to edit this out, yes? We, we don't strike. God except damn. first. We strike first. Yeah. We don't strike out. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, yeah, I feel like they're alluding to this dark time in the 80s when Cobra Kai was like the Hell's Angels and was like running amok and doing all sorts of things. But now, now, Cobra Kai, under the reign of Johnny Lawrence, is something softer, friendlier, friendlier, but still badass. Yeah. I admit Cobra Kai had its share of problems in the 80s. My sensei didn't always play by the rules. That's why I left. But my Cobra Kai is different. It's a place where kids can come and feel like they belong. Where they won't get picked on just because they're a bunch of losers, but because they're unique. I've watched firsthand as my students have gotten stronger, gained confidence, learn how to stand up for themselves. Cobra Kai is making a difference in these kids' lives. And honestly, making a difference in mine as well. Thank you. That doesn't sound at all like the old Cobra Kai. It's a badass name for a dojo, by the way. (laughs) I think I speak for all of us when I say the community could use more men like you, Mr. Lawrence. Thank you, ma'am. I think after that speech, there's at least one member of the city council that is feeling Johnny pretty hard. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, everyone was moved. We were moved. Uh, we're always moved. Um, and so then the council votes to let let Cobra Kai back in. Um, Daniel's in a snit about it, predictably. He's so snitty. Oh, um, and you know that's that's all right because you you do see Daniel like wander in there all like full of himself, and then he leaves like you know with a sarcastic congratulations. And am I I'm being like pretty Daniel negative right now? That's I think true. I, what I love about the show is the successes. Are so are are on such a small scale, right? Yes. It's about everyone eking out a living in this terrible town, at where like karate <laughs> rules everyone's life in some okay. way. It's not Friday Night Lights, Dina, but <laughs> I've never seen that show, but it may as well be. But no, I agree. Like all of these things that have like a really grandiose scale in the in the lives of these two men are objectively speaking, like nobody cares. Yeah. Like, the other committee members don't really care. So that's that's kind of fun. Um, getting to our last and most romantical plot. Oh, yeah. Miguel and Sam. Um, so Miguel, like, when uh, he and Johnny are having their sensei-to-sensei moments, if you will, uh, Johnny, like, advises him on how to ask her out on a date, kind of gives him the Cobra Kai, don't take no for an answer, philosophy yeah, which Miguel was right M- Miguel was rather horrified by it but I like and Miguel's interpretation is more like he asked Sam out she basically is like oh that sounds fun but you know I mean after I got out of the thing with Kyler Kyler like, is for life. yeah she's like I'm not really sure I'm ready to date he's like okay fine but then he turns around and I like that instead of interpreting no for an, don't take no for an answer in some like creepy incel way like how dare she you know He's more like, well, what if it's not a date? What if we just consider it a friendly outing? And I totally get why if you're Sam, you'd say yes to one and not the other. Because a date is filled with all sorts of pressure, right? Whereas it's just really, like... But if someone did that right after they asked you out on a, a normal date, um, and then they were like, actually, just kidding, it's a hangout, would you ever believe them? I, I think it's a little... It's I Miguel, actually, we all love Miguel. I know. But I think it's a little manipulative. So you wouldn't take that strategy coming from like... I mean, I'm life. saying if I really like liked someone but I wasn't ready to like go on a date with them and it's and they just asked me out and then now they're trying to reframe basically the same outing the same night as a not date 
I don't know. You know? It's so transparently a ploy. I do see your point, but, like, I'm going to say that it's a tactic. Not not a tactic, but it's, like, one thing that is... because she... Because she, she already likes him, him a bit to yeah. begin with. But it is something where I'll say that, like, there, if you're a girl and a guy is asking you out and you're kind of not sure about it, there's nothing that will make her absolutely sure she doesn't want to go out with you than if you make her feel like, really? Well, like, you're the love of my life and we need to do this right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, if you back off a little bit and you're like, okay, sure, whatever, we can be friends, and you, like, sound like you might actually mean it... It, you have to actually mean it. Yeah. It, I think it helps a little bit if you just, like, sort of, like, dial it back a little bit. It can really... It, like, guys out there, 17-year-olds out there who are wondering how to ask out a girl, it's like, if it doesn't... If if you say that you like her and she's not immediately on board, oftentimes just, like, actually and truly dialing it back and being like, that's cool, can be helpful for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Whether it works out with her romantically or not. I, I mean, think Miguel gets that. I don't know that it's quite Johnny's advice. I don't know. It's that, just like, it's is just she basically, hot? Is she hot? Is yeah. she hot? No, no. It's basically Miguel's excellent interpretation of Johnny's advice. And, um, oh, there was a thing. Yeah. The other thing is that, like, his original plan for a date with her um, is to take her to the observatory, have a picnic on the grass, a Can chocolate we talk tasting. About that? This is this is actually what I'm saying. That's a terrible idea because again, that's like the datiest date that ever dated. You, that is not what you want to do. Also, can I say the way he got that idea from her former best friend Aisha? And I gotta say, I have to laugh because Aisha and Sam have been best friends. For years, and the two things that she knows about her friend are that she likes chocolate and astronomy. I don't even know. Does that mean that Sam is maybe? I don't know. Sam is a black box to me. Man. I don't understand what drives this woman. Um. All right. I'm going to defend Sam. Who does not like chocolate and astronomy? I know, but I mean, imagine if you've been best friends for years, and someone asked you to describe me, and those are the two things that you can come up with. Okay, let me think about what I'd come up with for you. It better not be astronomy and chocolate. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. I'm insulted on Sam's behalf. Maybe Bruce that's why Springsteen not... and the worst saying, movies ever produced I'm just in the 1980s. It's a little reductive. I and mean, weirdly, yeah. I don't know. I reduced you pretty well, like just like that. <laughs> it just makes me think maybe Aisha and Sam were never really friends. All right, now let's play this game. What would you tell somebody about me? They're going to ask me out on a date. Two things about me. <laughs> All I can think about is strike first, strike hard, no mercy. That is the essence of who you are. That's a little reductive, uh, but okay, saying, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Our friendship has taken quite a few blows today, I, wouldn't you say? God, um, puns. Terrible, terrible puns. I do like puns. Um, or you could say it was like part of Aisha's secret plan to be like, how do I make Sam seem extremely oh. weird and lame? Um, anyway. I, I, I don't have a problem with those being the two things Sam's into, but, yeah. The original, like, date is just like, dude, that's like, that's too romantic, it's too much pressure, it'll turn her off immediately, and I'll give, I'll give Johnny Lawrence credit for saying, do not do that, take her to golf and stuff. Golf and stuff, what do you think the stuff is? So there's many There's so much stuff. There's, like, air hockey, and, like, foosball. So it's like a Dave and Buster. Yeah, it's like. And, and we do know this, that golf and stuff is... Yeah, my computer's flipping out. Um, golf and stuff is the place that uh, Allie and Daniel went yeah. on their first date at. So, so nice, it's a really nice callback. Lots of callbacks here. Um, the date is actually, you know, I'm a cynical asshole. 
Oh, no. I will say this, but the date is actually very cute. Like, it's... Yeah, I agree, and I'm not a huge fan of Sam, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, just Sam and Miguel together, they it, they seem like they play off each other nicely. He wins her an octopus, which is cool. I know, and also, like, I think ten minutes into this date montage, you you see it's... Well, yeah, it's, it's no longer a hangout. It's a date. It's a date. They're taking photos in a mini booth. Yeah. Which is you like, don't do come that on. With... Yeah. Is that why we never do photos in a mini booth? I feel like the only thing in our town was a mall, so I can't believe we didn't do that. Oh my gosh, that. yeah. Like, right. So this actually took me back to uh, where we grew up. There was this like decrepit mall, but it had this arcade in it called Tilt. And it's yeah. like, it's it's just one of those places where it's like, yeah, of course. Like, if you're like of a certain age, that is where you, like, all the haps happen, you know? Yeah, it's, it's... where, I mean, there's only like three places to go in this town. There's the Mini Mart, there's the Dojo, and then Golf and Stuff. Right? I mean, apparently, but Golf and Stuff can be the most romantic place on earth if you're if you're in the mood. I know. And um, I do like the end where, like, uh, Miguel tries to make his move by showing Sam a karate stance. She obviously just, like, body slams him. But then kisses him while yeah, he's on the ground. Yeah, it's a very Take karate flirting. Yeah, it totally. Works, they yeah. they karate flirt like uh, like pros. pros yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so the episode ends in this, like, really... This really nice way where, like, you see Miguel and Johnny come together, and they both are victorious, and they have a toast. A real toast with some shitty alcohol that Johnny Yeah, has. I think Johnny giving a course is, like, his third base. Whoa. Yeah. Way to tie it all together yeah, like that. Yeah, I know, I know. So, um, another thing that we have, uh, that we're considering is how will we celebrate wrapping up this season? When we make it to episode 10... How should we how how should we like basically throw ourselves a party? I suggest that we just get a six pack of cores and down and into drunkenly trim some bonsais together. Oh, you're making it weird. Oh Is my it god, you made it weird. We've already been called out by one person for leaning heavy into Johnny's storyline and emotions, and we never really pay attention to Daniel. How are we going to honor Miyagi in this? I mean, we should do something with a bonsai. You know what? If I haven't given you a framed photo of Miyagi before the end of this season, <laughs> um, I'm sure it exists. I mean, Lotha's birthday is coming up soon, people. And so I could use a framed ideas. photo of Pat Morita for for my wall. <laughs> Couldn't we all? That's not that. That's not weird at all. Um, yes. We. I've um, also considered enrolling us in karate lessons just so we can get like some real in depth knowledge of whether the moves that they're doing on the show are plausible. That's true. Oh man. Um, what would you say your rating is for this episode? Okay, what's our scale? Wait, no, we... You, you have to come up with your own. I can't help you there. All right, okay. Um, I will say that this episode warmed my heart and gave me five out of five stuffed octopi. You are giving fives out like candy, man. I'm gonna say I didn't love it as much as episode five. That's the current, like favorite for me i'll give it four briefcases from the dumpster wow yeah all right i like that um as always we we would like to welcome we would like to thank dana for writing in and being our fourth twitter follower yes aka our only twitter follower that is not directly related to us it's amazing i mean this is this is really just again dana to the twitter family giving us a reason to keep recording also thank you to john who repeat who Almost always comments on our YouTube channel. We appreciate that, too. Yeah. Um, we love you guys. We will try to have more Twitter polls with asking absurd questions. Um, you can follow us at Kai underscore cast on Twitter and email us all your burning karate questions at Cobra Kai Never Dies cast at gmail.com. You ready? 
I'm ready. Okay. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.